Okay, hello and welcome back everyone. This is Ben Triboga, the Chief Growth Officer at Nexel, coming to you with another This Legal Life podcast. If this is the first time that you are joining us, This Legal Life is a podcast all about the relationships inside legal, be that relationships between lawyers and clients, lawyers and other lawyers, business developers and clients, business developer lawyers, marketers or clients, or even, and this is what we're going to talk about today with the one and only Noah Mayer, which is today we're going to be talking about uh, the legal profession and maybe even business development marketers with artificial intelligence and the new relationship that is developing there. Noah, welcome to the This Legal Life podcast. Hi, Ben. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here again. You as well. So Noah is a uh, old, old friend of Nexel. Uh, she's been on uh, a lot of our different content. I think you've been on. Uh, you've done a webinar with us. I know that you did a um, you did a show with us, like one of our video shows, um, and have just been uh, integrated into uh, into our little network for a while. It's uh, it's good to see you uh, again, per usual. What's uh, what's new in your what's new in your world? Uh, we were talking off script. Lots of lots of things in your world, of course. Go yes. ahead and get into whatever, whatever. But yeah, give us an update. How how are things in in Noah's world today? Yeah, we'll 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 um focus on on work because just for the you know for the listeners to know, I'm sure. based in, in Israel, close to Tel Aviv, and we're having some uh, very turbulent times these days in uh, mm. in 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 Israel. But we'll uh, on this conversation, I think, really focus on uh, work, legal, technology, biz dev, marketing. Um, and in that aspect, these are very exciting times. Um, something new almost every week, uh, new yep. tools, um, new ways of doing work, uh, which go deep into the essence of marketing, biz dev, and, and to the legal services themselves. So uh, yep. fascinating days to, to be in or enjoying the ride. Yes. I, I, exactly. I think I think being on a ride and then just learning how to enjoy it, I think maybe is um, it's like a roller coaster, you know, one part fear and one part uh, one part excitement and one part you just can't look away and you have to get on, even though you're going to be scared on it. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk a lot about this. And I like what you said here uh, about new ways of working, because I think fundamentally that's that's how we I, I think if you start to understand or deep please start to uh, integrate yourself with the tools you do feel like you are co-creating or starting to work in a different way. But before we get to that, let's set it up. Why don't you tell a little bit about yourself? Uh, you have a long history within the legal uh, industry, starting as being a lawyer, now consultant for business development, Mark Berry, you're a professor as well. Tell everybody just a little bit about your, your potted bio um, yeah, over the last over the last couple of years. Yeah, thanks, thanks. I think you pretty much uh, said it. I'm a lawyer by profession. Uh, I practiced law for about ten years uh, here in Israel in one of the bigger um, biggest law firms at the time. Uh, still is. Um, I then um, relocated and changed into um, business consulting. Uh, moved to business development. Um, started getting into technology and then came back into the legal uh, services industry and amalgamated all these things together. So I was a um, head of business mm -hmm. development at one of the uh, big law firms in Israel, um, which then um, became very interested in legal technology and, and, and in um, tech that can help either lawyers or the business aspects of the law firm. 
Okay. Um, and as you, as you said, today I'm a, I'm a consultant. I consult to law firms, to legal departments. Uh, I teach at two universities here in Israel with regards to legal tech, legal okay. innovation, and entrepreneurship in the legal world. So that's, yep. uh, that's about it. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot. It's uh, that's a lot to grasp. I um, you know, you really are at the intersection of technology, business development, and and law. That little Venn diagram that would that would come in. I um, you know, and I, I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go through all of all three of those and how they intersect. But let's let's go back a little bit. Bloop, 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 bloop. Let's go back into whenever you. Let's talk about. The, technology of business development and marketing at the time that you sort of were the most deep, you know, heading, heading, heading business development. And I think that might be a good jumping off point to where we are at today. And maybe talk a little bit about what was, what was work like, not the technology, what was work like in that capacity using the technology that it was available? Because I think that's a good, good way to contrast where we might be going at that point in time. So if that makes yeah. sense, that question, that, that, that would be interesting. I was maybe going back that time. And where, when are we? Let's go back some, some, time, exactly. some period that's, of time. It's actually, it's actually excellent because it just happens to be exactly 10 years ago uh, when I started. Oh my God, so good. <laughs> exactly 10 years ago, which is, which is quite amazing to think because at the time, um, and I think it's it's um, um, common. It was common for, for most of the legal world. Uh, there was no technology, definitely not in, yep. in in legal marketing or legal biz dev, and also sure. in the legal industry itself. Definitely in Israel, and uh, in a way, I think uh, worldwide, uh, the legal industry was then very very traditional, mm -hmm. doing things the way they've been done since forever. Um, and, um, for, I mean, we used to work with Excel spreadsheets that was really, really forward thinking to have, you know, mm -hmm. lists of contacts with, with the various columns and filters, uh, to be able to, to sort out the, the, the contacts that were relevant, uh, for the law firm, right. um, just as an example, um, um, being, you know, being uh, hosted by Nexel and yourself uh, with Nexel, yes. uh, CR CRM was nowhere to be found. Uh, there was, right. there were no, not even thoughts of using it um, for for the law firms. Um, mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think again what what we had then. Um, nothing much, nothing much. Yeah. Sort of a DMS, you know, a, a, a yeah. document management, a filing system. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's pretty much it. Uh, it yeah. was very, very basic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and look where we're where we are now. Yeah. Describe a little bit then the workflow. Like, what was what was the day to day like? You know, I mean, you were the head of business development, but maybe take a business development manager or somebody. You know, inter interfacing with the lawyers or even clients. Like, what did work feel like? What was the pace of it? Give us a. Uh, yeah, what did it what did it feel internally what did it feel like externally it'd be interesting yeah uh, um, at the time and again I think there's a difference between Israel and for instance the states and, and the sure. UK which are different different uh, um, stages of development of, of legal yes, right but at the time uh, in Israel there was most of the work uh, was about um, educating the partners and educating the fee earners that there is mm -hmm. a need for marketing. 
Right. So they were totally against any anything marketing, anything um, um, advertising or putting themselves forward or dealing mm-hmm. with anything that was not 100% work-related. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very much opposed to it for many reasons that we can discuss, but sure. most of the work, I think, I think you know, 75% of the work was educating the partners and getting them um, to do their part of what was necessary for legal marketing. Sure. Obviously, obviously, it's not something that a marker, marketer can do uh, right. by themselves. Own. Exactly. We, we must have the professionals to give us the content and, and sure. the professional materials that we can then market. Uh, so that was, that was a huge part of the work. Um, another part of, of, the, of the work was to sort of decipher what, what is allowed and what is not allowed to do. So the regulation, at least again here in Israel... Mm does not allow lawyers to advertise themselves, does not allow mm-hmm. lawyers to source uh, work from from uh, clients, not allowed mm-hmm. to offer their services um, in an aggressive way. Sure. <clears throat> and, and we sort of had to find out what is now very much known and, and basic, you know, the, 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 the concept of content marketing sure. and sharing right. your professional worth was something that at the time we sort of had to decipher and and, and find out mm-hmm. what to do and how to do it. Yes, right. Um, another thing that was then that was then new is uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. For, of course. Facebook and LinkedIn, which was not very commonly used. Uh, again, the difference I think between between Israel and other places. Sure. Facebook here was a very very strong platform for business for for many yes. years. It's now different. Mm-hmm. It's now lost that that position sure. uh, but for quite a few years it was the the business platform for mm-hmm. advertising services and so we right. started at the time we started using using that uh, writing mm-hmm. posts and so on um, yeah so, so so that was back then um, mm. obviously doing uh, you know uh, uh, directories and rankings of, uh, yes. of international and local um, directory um, companies. Um, yeah, there was a lot to be done, a lot to mm-hmm. be done. And it, 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 it took a very, very long time because we were sort of sorting our way through right. the wilderness yes, right. <laughs> to try and find out what's, what's, what works and what doesn't work. Yes. Okay. So that's, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, one thing that comes up whenever you describe that is cause, cause I think maybe the viewers, high, high viewers breaking, breaking the third wall, uh, high listeners, um, you know, where we're going to go is the difference in terms of the workflow or the differences in terms of how the workflows will change. But, you know, in some ways, one thing that really came up to me is still the idea of change management and people management and convincing, persuading. Um, I don't, you know, there's always better words because convincing and persuading seems like you're feeling like you're you're making somebody do something. But instead, it's uh, laying out arguments and Really, uh, paths yeah. of paths of progress. Yes. Yeah, right. I like educating so, because. Yes, exactly. Because it's, it's a little yeah it's better, but you know all of that is exactly the same. All of that is still the same. It's still relevant today. It's still what you will pick up the you will pick up the podcast phone and ask somebody like uh, somebody deep um, in a mid market firm or uh, across the world doesn't matter Tel Aviv to Singapore to uh, Salt Lake City. Um, 
there's still a there's still an element of change management there that's still deep in. You know, it might be different in terms of we've gotten over content marketing, but now it's how much of my thought leadership or, or what kind of thought leadership should I put out? So the conversations are different, but still in some ways uh, the same. So that's just one thing that's sort of thought out. I, I don't think human to human education will ever change in some capacity, but you know, of course, that's going to what? How can it be? How can it be augmented with something like artificial intelligence? I don't know. What do you What do you think about that? Do you Do you get well, the same I, reaction? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a great topic because now when I work with you know with with uh, mm -hmm. law firms and with partners and and um, senior partners in law firms, um, and I what I say to them um, is that the um, unique value can be given yeah. today by a law firm or a lawyer or a partner is mostly mm -hmm. on the personal human aspect sure. right, of my right. relationship. Um, especially today, and I'm sure we're gonna touch on, on generative AI and- uh, you Sure, know, yes, uh, we are. Exactly, and we just said offline that ChatGPT um, published uh, the, the um, model based on GPT yes, right. for, uh, just yesterday, so it's really yes. very, very new. I'm sure all of these tools and very, very high-level developed technology are going to change the legal mm -hmm. profession as well as the, the legal marketer's profession. Yes, um, right. And, totally. and even, you know, even uh, thought leadership is going to become yes. insignificant. Yeah. Insignificant. Right, I can right. now with yes. chat GPT write a pretty solid piece about anything, mm -hmm. including yes, you. Right. Yes. So, so thought leadership is going to be maybe changing in, in its, you know, in its weight and importance, yes. if not more yes. than that. And so what's going to be left, I think, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. at the end of, of, you know, of this or throughout this disruption, the bottom line is it's about people. It's going to be about yes, people. Totally. <laughs> Uh, and about relationships and mm -hmm. about trust and about um, caring yeah, <laughs> and, that's right. and serviceability. Uh, and that's going to be, you know, the, the value that, that clients are going to be seeking because uh, the profession will be um, very much changed and very technical. Um, mm. must, I must... Um, uh, put a, a, a caveat on that uh, uh -huh. because obviously, obviously, uh, you know, the top end, the very, very high level, sophisticated legal professional consulting will remain 100% professional and, and there will need to be people knowing what, what to do there. So tech isn't mm -hmm. going to overtake everything, mm -hmm. um, but a huge bulk of legal work is going to become commoditized sure technical and, yes. and clients will take it in-house they won't need the lawyers for it it's going to be yes just, totally yeah okay okay so let's uh this is a good segue into where we want to go so right now we sort of set it up where we where were we just 10 years ago and my god where we were doesn't feel like where we're where we're going and the line is certainly not linear in that in that capacity um you sort of foreshadowed where you think all of this goes, which is at the end of the day, it's all about relationship uh, relationship management over the course of a life cycle of, let's say, a journey. I like this word of journey because you basically say you're a guide. You're a guide to the client. What, 
and and that's that's on an individual lawyer level or even a law firm level, right? But all you really are is a guide toward the client, sort of dare I say it, self-serving their own needs along their own sort of legal journey, and you kind of being a helpful guide in that way. But in some capacity, the um, the client taking in their own their own journey on this on this path, and you just being a helpful guide in that capacity. Okay. I, I want to not miss something because there's a huge gulf, which is what happened in between the 10 years. And maybe you could just very quickly, <laughs> you became a consultant and you started teaching um, at the university specifically around legal technology. Can you just, you want to just say something as a, as a forward, as a forward into where we are at today? And then we're going to get into kind of the, the last part of this conversation, which is uh, generative AI and the world today and some sort of like workflows. What what happened over the last ten years? Where where did all of this come together? The consulting and the yeah. and, and and the advising and technology coming together. You know, this has kind of come to a a focal point, uh, which is why we're talking to you today, right? It's kind of like this combination of everything uh, yeah. together. Your your three Venn diagrams, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, so obviously there's there's the personal aspect of things, and then there's the uh, you know sector sure. aspect of things. Uh, everything came along very, very nicely together for me. Um, Sector-wise and work-wise, things develop very, very slowly. So mm. things uh, in terms of legal marketing did change of course. Over, the, over the last 10 years, but the change was very, very, very slow. So if we sort of uh, draw a graph, it was a very, mm -hmm. um, um, how do you call it? Like a shallow slope, not shallow. Yeah, yeah. Um, linear, linear. Yeah. Yeah, sort of flat, relatively flat. Flat is right, right. Uh, yes, and yes. then in the last uh, year, and I think it's going to uh, be much more so from now uh, onwards, mm -hmm. uh, there's a huge steep curve yes. going in. Oh, J, J curve. Sometimes they refer to it as like J curve. Exactly, a J curve. So up until, you know, even, even maybe COVID maybe not even COVID started to change, maybe not even COVID. Sure. Two years after post-COVID, now the, you know, the, the J part is... is yeah, that's is, right. Is, is yeah, that's right, right. Um, so so that's, that's the way it went. And, and for me personally, yeah, um, um, it just uh, all came together thanks to tech, uh, mm -hmm. thanks to the fact that even a stubborn sector such as the legal services sector uh, which is so was so difficult and and hard yeah. to change. Uh, now are starting to see both that they don't have uh, they can't they can't not join. Um, right. Plus, they can see the opportunity. Yeah. So it's both uh, the stick and the carrot. Yeah. Okay. Are, <laughs> yeah. Both the right. stick and the carrot, which are now starting to move things. Um, still, I think it's going to be a, a huge challenge and very interesting to see who's going to yes. be uh, brave enough and take yes. risks enough to actually invest the time and money that's going to be required to 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 jump to jump over um, yeah. this gap. Yeah, there's, yeah, a, there's totally. an expression in Hebrew which was uh, which was used, I think, in Dune. There's a there's a sci-fi book called The Dune. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, and there's there's a Hebrew expression that's used in that book. It's called "kfitzata derech." It means uh, jumping over the road. So it's it's yes, just a right. leap. It's like a yes. leap 
uh, yes. um, which I think we are just now sort of bending our knees before we make the leap. We're now in the stage of, of bending our knees and, and getting ready for the jump. Um, mm. Whoever is uh, yes. brave enough to not shut their eyes and jump, but open their eyes and jump, sure. um, um, has the best chances of, of reaping the, the benefits. I, I like that. I um, once I heard a quote uh, about history um, that history doesn't move in a linear path. It actually jumps from big thing to big thing. There's there's very large states. A lot of people can see that a big change is sort of coming, but um, and it and it also has to do with perception. You know, it's like um, it's like the Gutenberg Bible. You know, the Guten or the Gutenberg Press. The Gutenberg Press in um, I think in the previous something there had only been like. A hundred, I don't quote me, somebody's going to beat me up about this, but there was like, you know, and, and a hundred Bibles produced by, by printing before the Gutenberg press. And then over the course of those 2000 years, and then the next 20 years, there was only 20,000 Gutenberg Bibles. Some, you know, printed, I mean, it's this exponential change and jump. And then of course that allowed everybody to start to read and they learned how to read because they were incentivized to read because they wanted to you know, read the Bible, which at that time and all the rest of it. So, I mean, that, that kind of level of jump is, that's sort of what we're talking about. So that was just a comment on that. And I, and I agree, I always sort of hold this, this in my mind. So that gets us to where we are at today. And I want to maybe, you know, I'm think I want to put three things on the table. So there's the practice of law and you, we can say something about that because, you know, you, you, I think you think about the practice of law and the intersection between technology and the practice of law, specifically artificial intelligence, specifically generative, co-creative artificial intelligence, because we, it, artificial intelligence is not new within the legal profession, but there is something new about generative output. And then there's the business of law. And that's yep. something else. Um, and so I'm going to put three stories and you can just take this wherever you want. The first story is um, chat GPT-4 passes the bar exam with a 90% pass rate. Okay, interesting. Second, um, Harvey, uh, which is the uh, chat, chat assistant, internal use chat assistant for Allen and Overy is launched globally to their 10,000 lawyer office offices from the UK to everywhere in between. And then last, of course, is the idea of chat GPT-4 and that being rolled out to the suite of kind of office applications that are in use in professional services, especially law firms, basically around the world. So you can pick wherever you want to go with that. But, you know, these are four things that are float, floating around right now. And maybe with all your wisdom, you know, com <laughs> comment, comment on that. Yeah, you know, um, uh, wisdom or not, um, um, <laughs> foresight, foresight wasn't given um, to, to smart people. Right. Um, so, yeah, um, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I can, I can yeah. assume uh, yeah, so I think, uh, uh, as you said, uh, generative AI or uh, creative AI that actually can be of assistance in creating uh, content um, is going to be huge. I'll focus, I'll focus on the business of law because obviously about the legal services, um, there's a yeah. lot to be said, but I think that, that here in this context, we can, we can sure. focus on the business of law, especially on marketing and biz, biz dev. Um, 
GPT-4 allows um, such uh, capabilities that amalgamate uh, research, um, um, collection of data, analysis of data, uh, writing and drafting, um, and doing almost everything sort of um, language-wise and, and content-wise um, that, that includes a huge part of what legal marketers do. Mm -hmm. um, it cannot replace a person totally, but it definitely can assist in a way that less people are going to be needed to, to have the sure. same output. Um, so if I can now um, write a post about almost any content in almost any level of, of legal depth uh, mm -hmm. in, in one minute of asking the right prompt of chat GPT mm -hmm. and, and the other systems that are coming up, sure. um, you don't need a team of four people to do that. I, it's, it's, it, you know, I don't need the team of four people, but having said that, I think the output, so the use of the content, whether it's a post or an article or a, a blog or a practice description uh, is going to be much less required because there's no, there's not going to be any difference uh, between firms and between lawyers who have this output. So um, I yes. think the the essence of legal marketing is going to change in that uh -huh. posting and uploading uh thought leadership articles um is going to be uh, much reduced because the clients are not going to appreciate it anymore they're not going to need it if they want to know anything they'll ask the chat themselves yes. they will know that by writing this article does not mean anything about the, the person's you know professional knowledge uh, it just means yes. that they know how to prompt the chat properly. Yes, uh, yes, yes. And, and so this is so this is so important. I'll get back to this point, but I, you know, it's a psychological point. But please continue your point. But I want I want to say yes. something about this. It's yes, interesting. So no, no, please go ahead because I can just go on forever. You know, on this point specifically, you know, there is a there is knowledge, and then there is the idea. A piece of content is not always just a piece of content. That's what I want. Say and in marketing, I think we subtly understand that when you do good work, you are adding value. The value from the client is not only the fact that you created a piece of content that maybe is educational. If you're very good, maybe you can entertain them as well. There's also the idea of that you took time to do this, and that was and and that you were thoughtful and courteous, and that kind of is packaged within every single post. I mean, this is done. Oh, this is always you can see this very clearly in sort of thoughtful social media. The difference between an original post that entertained you versus just reposting somebody, reposting something, you can tell that there's a level of effort that comes across here, and and this is just to your po point. Clients are simply, even that idea that you went out of the way to create something for somebody, that is going to be so diminished that the signal is going to be so low for that kind of piece of content any anymore um, that, you know, it's going to lose all of its, it's going to lose a lot of its of its value, almost go all the way down to top. That's simply the, the point. And I think it's, nobody talks about that, but, you know, human beings like being given things and yeah. it, it matters whenever you are gifted something of value. 
above and beyond just whatever the gift is, of course. Yeah, uh, I agree. I do think again that there's a, there's a small again caveat here. Sure. Uh, because part of the content that that we provide or that we want to provide and the thought leadership that we want to provide has to answer to a client's need. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can still um, have the benefit of, of uh, being valued by the client if we do mm-hmm. give them content that they need with the focus yes, on totally. what they need rather than the content. Yes. So if we, yes, answer, exactly. if we answer something that, that they want or need, even if it's easy for us, they still yes. appreciate that we understood that that's their need. Very good point. Yes, totally. Totally. Um, that becomes a bit a bit challenging when we're talking about sectors or groups of clients. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but but again, here I think that in in extreme circumstances, such as uh, just uh, this week when uh, Silicon Valley Bank uh, mm-hmm. collapsed, and many many law firms in Israel, I'm sure abroad as well, uh, posted information for clients mm-hmm. of these things. Because again, here in Tel Aviv. Uh, there are many uh, startup companies and high-tech companies right. that are clients for the bank. So it was quite um, alarming for, for, for a huge part of the high-tech sector uh, here in uh-huh. Israel. And, and, and the legal industry uh, answered and was very, very responsive in the information they put out for these clients of SVB. Um, and that was very helpful. And I think that the fact that the information mm. was, was easy to get to and available, did not diminish sure. the, the appreciation of clients that had it very readily um, um, submitted to them by their lawyers. So that's yes. their serviceability that's shown by content and not the yes. actual content itself. Yes, yes. That, that gets to the point that I, I feel like I was trying to make earlier about being a guide along the journey and being highly responsive, highly relevant, uh, and also sort of walking hand in hand with the client. As but, but to your point, it has to be relevant. And the person or the firm or the client or the lawyer who can do that on a hyper-personalized, segmented level, you know, that, that, that's the game that's sort of being played right now. Uh, um, yeah. You want to think anything more? Uh, what, what else What else can we go in here? You want to talk a little bit maybe about workflow specifically about, about marketing, anything, um, anything related to yeah, anything related think, to business development, maybe yeah, that, that think, our, our favorite yeah. double-edged sword, <laughs> two, yeah, eyes, yeah. two sides I of the same sword. Yeah, there's, a, there's an opportunity here for law firms to also, uh, with the use of, of the chat and other systems, um, to know uh, what they have in their document system. Sure. Um, that can be very helpful marketing-wise for, uh, for instance, for submissions to directories. Uh-huh. So the whole aspect of managing the data and managing submissions, which is a huge pain for, for legal marketers in the big law firms, um, uh-huh. is going to become very much easier and more thorough and comprehensive uh, when when the systems uh, will be asked to pull out of the DMS, of the document management system, Uh uh, the biggest, highest, most unique cases by by practice area. And they're just going to do it and then fill in in the form. uh, And they're just going to do it. And they're going to have to edit it and maybe prioritize and... Sure. Press to submit to submit the document. So, um, 
uh, it's going to be useful for a firm uh, marketing wise as well as obviously professionally because they will be able to use content and legal work that has already been done uh, and just pull it out of their system without have, having to uh, redo work that they didn't know existed. Yes. Uh, um, that, that's another use that I think will be significant for uh, legal marketers. Um, also for BizDev, I think these systems are going to be very helpful with uh, market analysis, uh, market research. Uh, I also like to use the system even before GPT-4 mm -hmm. brainstorming. So I yes. ask it questions uh, as I would a colleague. Um, and and it answers um, quicker than a colleague. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yes. Well, no grouchiness ever, right? Exactly, no grouchiness. Exactly. I can ask again and again and again and again and fine tune yes. and ask again, and they don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, totally, totally. Um, yes, yeah, so, so, so that's also another use that could be um, significant, as well as uh, making lists of, of uh, companies or potential clients according to certain criteria. So they just pull out the list they i mean uh, chat gpt i have to ask it properly ask it in, in sure. a way that it will provide it uh but the whole research work has become yes. easy and fun yes totally okay so let's i i want to get you out of here you've spent more than enough time with me uh you're very busy uh doing many <laughs> many things uh as, as we know from your bio let's let's do let's do two last things um let's ask one question which is you know, around prompts and making it practical. I think a lot of people still are coming from a world of search and prompting yeah. around search. And th this jump, uh, let's let's say, um, it's still very big whenever it comes to the right prompts. And simply, this is a new skill set that people need to learn to prompt correctly. Yeah. How do you, how do you think about prompts? How do you think about? Do you have uh, do you have sort of any any heuristics or a model that you use anything that you have found that like wow i didn't know that with this prompt this could this could happen how should people think about prompting because i do think it's a uh, i do think it's a learning curve for for, is, for people yeah. so yeah i agree it's a learning curve i can share my my uh, my experience and what i currently sure. do which is which is very effective and i'm sure there's a million <laughs> better ways of doing it. Um, but the way I approach uh, the chat is, uh, firstly, I speak or type into it. We just mm -hmm. said we're for the voice to chat, but still there's no voice to chat. So we have to type in. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can't, can't believe that burden of, of typing in the prompt. I know, I know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so I, I approach it as if it were an intern. Mm, right. I ask, I ask of it a question, or uh, or I ask for an output that I would ask an intern. Mm -hmm, right. And I ask it in pulses, so I ask it in in increments. So I yes. ask first stage, and then the next stage, and then the next stage. Um, and I mean, next stage is both in the process of delivering the output, as well as the quantity. So if mm -hmm. I wanted a list of 100 companies within a certain um, um, characteristic to be pulled out, um, I would first ask for an example of a company with one or two characteristics. I would then ask the chat on that list of, of five companies to add 
two more characteristics, and then right. I ask right. for the next one. And yep. after I have the final sort of the, for the five companies, I have sort of the the qualifications that I want. Then I'd say, now please provide me with ten more companies with the similar characteristics. Mm. Okay. okay, and then I'd ask for ten okay. more and ten more and ten more until I had the hundred. That's right. Wow. Which works beautifully. And then one That's... more tip that I can give you, and then I ask it to arrange it in table form. Wow. Which wow. it does. Yes, right. Um, so that's quite unbelievable. Um, so it, yeah, it so the thing is ask for the output in increments, in pulses. Yes, okay. Um, and fine tune as you go. Yes. I'll share my favorite one, you know, in the um, in the world of um, in the world of outbound emails or what's uh, what's sometimes called cold emails, um, relevance and personalization is key to getting somebody's attention. Um, ChatGPT can uh, uh, you can ask it to assume a certain type of identity. You can ask it to assume a certain role at a certain type of industry with certain type of interest interests. You could even copy and paste uh, a example of a person's uh, job uh, job duties that might uh, have that title or role. And then you can ask it to do things like write me a LinkedIn post directed at this person, write it, uh, write a cold email directed at this person. Explain to me the challenges that this person faces in the course of their duties. And all of this kind of compile, and this is the research, a, re a persona research that is a body of knowledge now that uh, that wow. anybody can really sort of like take. So it's incredible. Um, yeah. I, I'm just it's um, without fanboying and fangirling too much. It, it does feel like a paradigm shift in, in in some in some particular ways for for particular for particular people at particular periods of time, which is the knowledge work of the 2020s uh, feels like it's a paradigm shift. My uh, my mom, who takes care of, uh, to, who takes care of her her, her grandchild, uh, doesn't even know what this is. But of course, it's uh, maybe she will be affected downstream of this. So that's that's just that's just a this a comment on that. That's my favorite prompt. So yeah. let's let's end with one last question for you, Noah, which is. How do you use this as a consultant and how, so we talked a lot about the internal workflow, but, but you're a consultant, you know, so your workflows are somewhat different. I, um, I know, and there's a capacity of strategizing around building your consulting business. There's the output of your consulting business. There's an offer maybe to the businesses. Yeah, how are you theorizing this as a without giving away all the all the secrets, of course? Yeah, but, no, yeah. how are you yeah, thinking about it? You know, nowadays I think one of the things is that there are no more secrets. There are no more secrets. Yeah, no more secrets. Your information is out there, and and yes. and the, and the uh, differences in execution. So, totally. so totally. yeah, so I don't really believe in secrets. Uh, I use I use the chat for my consulting business all the time for everything. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, I do. Um, for market research, for ideas. So I have my own ideas on what I think might be good advice for a certain client in mm -hmm. a certain circumstance. Uh, but I also ask the chat and every every now and again, uh, it either has an idea that I hadn't thought about sure. or, it, or it prompts me to think of something that I haven't thought about. So it won't right. necessarily be a direct addition. Yes. But it will be a, a, 
um, a prompt for, for an idea that I would have. So this is really the core of the consulting. Obviously, I use it uh -huh. for, for drafting. English isn't my first language, and I use it often for editing and just writing in proper English um, uh -huh. for, for, for my own you know, personal use. Um, uh -huh. I use it for uh, building um, classes. So I do presentations both wow. to clients as well as to students. Uh -huh. And I use it to help me, um, again, to make sure that I'm covering everything that I want to cover in terms of content, right. uh, structure, uh, ideas for, yeah, you know, for uh, simulation exercises, um, uh -huh. um, really anything that I would ask if I had a partner, I'm a solo, I'm a solo consultant, but if uh -huh. I had a, a business partner, anything that I would consult with a business partner, I consult with a chat. Um, no. um, and and it's often my expectation isn't that it will always have good answers. Sure. Uh, luckily, I wouldn't want it to always have good answers. So every time, right. it, Exactly. Every time that it sort of gives me something that's sort of mediocre, I say, "Thank yes. goodness, you know." Thank right. Goodness. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Totally. No, I like um you you know I like I like your build bigger and maybe that's one of the takeaway philosophical points here which is it's not about it it's it's sort of a cliche but you know people say you know artificial intelligence doesn't take away jobs it creates it it takes away tasks and even sometimes it creates new jobs you know the way that I feel is that it's a co-creative partner that accelerates my my creation effectively but the output is still my mine in in this in this core in this in this deeper deeper way but it is influenced um yes. in some capacity I yeah yes. i love that it's a co-creator and yes right the person it's um it's yes nothing. right exactly exactly it is yeah so it needs the input and the input basically is the human perspective that it needs effectively so um it's uh you know it's it's a, at least a nice image right now at this point in time that we can sort of hold this to um <laughs> Human, human beings are nothing without our tools, of course, right? Uh, we're like one of the most inefficient, slowest animals um, walking, but on a bicycle, we're the top, we're the top fastest moving, uh, moving thing. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it, that doesn't come without its risk. People fall off bicycles and I've fallen off my bicycle so many times and broke my arm. Uh, so all of that, uh, so, you know, comes, comes with its risk, but um, yeah, certainly, certainly interesting days. Let's uh, let's wrap up here. Any uh, any last uh, thoughts? Anything that we didn't uh, yeah, cover just, that you think is important? Just just one thing that I think is important, and and I mean we didn't discuss, but it's it's um, uh, a requirement um, to use these mm -hmm. systems uh, ethically and carefully, and uh, to be aware that the output, firstly, isn't always correct. Secondly, isn't always ethical. Uh, has yeah. biases. Uh, could have discrimination. Could have mistakes. And yeah. we need to use it responsibly and ethically. Yes, totally. And again, yeah. I think that falls back on us, right? And, um, yeah. and, and our perspective. Exactly, totally. Well, Noah, yeah. it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I think that this, uh, this conversation was just our, our attempt to try to get our hands around something. Hopefully, hopefully there's some value uh, for that. Uh, for people listening and you know we were joking we were joking off off camera that 
that, um, you know, looking back at this podcast in 10 years, <laughs> if somebody goes back in two years, you know, it won't be that it was, it, it, I feel like it's not like it's inaccurate. Um, what it will is it will probably not speak to the range of the complexity and the use cases and the prompts that will come off. I think life likes, like a tree, life likes to just continue to branch out and complexify. And it's just branches from branches from branches. And I think that's maybe the exciting part to see how much uh, branching off uh, will sort of be created from something like this. But we're certainly, we probably added a little, a little branch in that, in that. So, um, so that's how I like to think. About yeah, it. and definitely had fun. Yes, totally. Um, yeah, uh, thank you so much, Ben, for this uh, opportunity. I always like speaking with you off, off and on uh, camera or mic. Yes. Um, huge pleasure. Thanks. You as well. Well, thank you, uh, Noah, and thank you to all the listeners out there. I, we spoke and we broke the fourth wall or the third wall, whichever, whichever it is, fourth wall, um, and uh, talked right out to you. We will be back with another This Legal Life podcast all about the relationships in legal, both human and artificial intelligence. It was my pleasure to speak with Noah Mayer today, uh, and we will be back soon. Thank you so much, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.